Would you give Jesus a big hand, if you would, this morning? Amen? Praise the Lord. Oh, what a joy it is to be with you this morning. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but I have preached at the old Follinsby Church of God a thousand years ago. So, uh, and it is a, it's good to be back in Weirton. I've preached at the churches here that we had, but what an exciting day. Amen? What an exciting day. I guess I better get this out of the way, but it's been a long time since I've spent the night in my home state. Uh, Jane and I are Buckeyes, believe it or not. I won't mention that where we're from, but uh, who day? Let's just say that. So uh, We're from Hamilton, Ohio, the Cincinnati area, and it is so good to be here to, today to be with your pastor. Has anybody seen any signs up say, now hiring? Anybody seen any signs up thousands of dollars of bonus if you'll work here? I've seen signs at McDonald's, thousands of dollars to work at McDonald's. And the other day I saw one at uh, a McDonald's that says, we pay daily. I thought, I've never seen that sign before. Because COVID brought out something that... I don't know what took place, but it's hard to get people to do anything. But let me tell you this. If you think it's hard in the secular world, in the church world, every month 1,500 pastors are walking out and quitting. And it is a difficult task for churches to find lead pastors, youth pastors, worship leaders, because COVID did something crazy. The Bible tells us that a workman is worthy of his hire, especially those that labor in the word and doctrine. They're worthy of double honor. And it is almost unheard of that a pastor and his family would come and stay 21 years. Now, if McDonald's is giving you a bonus, how many of you believe... uh, Pastor Albert and Amanda have done some things a little harder than frying french fries. Can I tell you something? I'll I'll be quick with this. I don't know of another person on the planet that would roll a building this size and paint it with a roller. Can you imagine how much that would have cost you? But this man, this man and people around him have worked so hard. In fact, I know Israel helped too, and I've known Israel most of his life. Yes, pray for me. That's why it was my last year here. So, No, I'm teasing. I love Israel. He loves me, I think. The hours that your pastor has put in the renovating of this building is mind-boggling. I can't even imagine. And there's no way in this earth that we could repay him. And for Amanda, all the times that she's got up here to lead worship when she didn't feel like it. How many of you know just because you put on a smile don't mean everything's okay? And just because you're up here worshiping don't mean you feel like it. She is doing what the Word of God says, that we're to praise Him 
all the time. There's sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise because you don't feel like it. And sometimes people don't feel like it. And when you don't feel like it and they're up here and they don't feel like it, it really is a sacrifice of love. But today you've been given an envelope and I want you to take that envelope and I want you to put a gift in that for your pastor and his family today. I want you to honor them today in this special offering that we're going to receive. If the ushers would come and get ready at this point, we want to show this couple that we love them for 21 years. Amen. How many of you believe we ought to beat McDonald's in the bonus today? Can you imagine how many people would have quit when they looked at this building and the way it was when you walked in? After about five days, how many people would have said, this is crazy. I'm not doing this. I'm sore. I hurt. God ain't a million miles of this. But your pastor kept on. And he has worked, he and Amanda and the family, and you are blessed to have such a great family. With 1,500 pastors a month walking away, I think we ought to show the one that stayed for 21 years. We love them and appreciate them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the shepherd that you've put over this house. We thank you for their many, many years of labor. And God, you have given them fruit as they have planted the seed. Lord, we ask that you would bless this offering today. As we give to them, we know we're giving to you, dear Lord, to honor them as the word tells us. And Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you bless every need. And I know that you're going to bless those when they give to you. You're going to bless them, pressed down, shaken together. And running over, you're going to give back to us. And we ask that you would bless the Mitchum family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give as they are passing the uh, offering pans today? Amen. Somebody get mine here if they would. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? I want you to get your Bibles and go with me to Isaiah chapter 6, if you would. My wife, Chan, she normally sings but uh, with me, but her throat is uh, bugging her this morning, so uh, I'm lost without her because uh, most people don't want me to come if she can't sing. That would not be pretty, be by myself. If you go with me to Isaiah chapter 6 while they continue to pass the offering plates. Pastor and Amanda, let me say how much I appreciate you, what you've done. As we walked through this building last night and saw the, the transformation that, that you've brought in the building and now to see the transformation in lives. It's been so refreshing to see a commitment to do what God has put in your heart to walk it out. and Thank you for every sacrifice. Thank you for your hard work. Would you let them know you appreciate them this morning? Isaiah chapter 6, 
I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I love this, I saw the Lord. Can you say that with me? I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood six stood, stood seraphims, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And look at verse 4. And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen this king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. And verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments. We're going to pray on the vision and the mission. The vision and the mission. Would you ask God to have his way as we go into his word this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity of being together today. We ask your blessing upon this part of the service. Lord, we know your word's already anointed, but I ask that you anoint me, anoint every ear to hear the word of the Lord today, God, and cover this service with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we want your perfect will to be done in every life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, turn around and tell somebody they look great for as old as they are. Would you do that today? If I could get just a little more stage monitor. Amen. How many of you know everything begins with a vision? You know, some, somebody may say, well, uh, you've got it all wrong. We in the business world and in the church world, you hear about mission and vision. But that's not what the Word of God showed us. We have to have a vision. Do you realize every invention started with somebody having a vision? They had a vision of it. Universities started with a vision. I know most of you do not know this, but we came from the Heartland region, which is Kansas and Oklahoma. There was a 17-year-old boy that was dying of tuberculosis, and somebody got him to a revival meeting. They set a tent revival out on the property in Ada, Oklahoma, at the Church of God on Townsend Street in Ada, Oklahoma, where our church still is today. And at the age of 17... A young boy dying with tuberculosis had been laying at the point of death at 15, or for 150 days at the point of death at 17 years old. Somebody told him, and he heard the Lord say, go to the church of God and go to revival. That young man's name was Oral Roberts. 
And that young man went to the Ada Church of God in a tent meeting, and there was an evangelist that was preaching there, and that night God healed him of tuberculosis completely. And at the age of 17, God told him in Ada, Oklahoma, Ada is not a huge city, Ada, Oklahoma, the Lord spoke to him on the Church of God property and said, build me a university, and guess what? Old Roberts University is there now because God spoke to a 17-year-old man, a 17-year-old boy, and gave him a vision of building a university. Everything starts with a vision. Ministries, business, churches, schools, they start with a vision. Anybody ever hear of Walt Disney? Anybody here, he's got some of your money. You've got the ears to prove it. Amen. Mickey Mouse. Anybody heard of Walt Disney? He had a vision. His vision was in the swamplands of central Florida to build Disney World. Everybody thought he was crazy. They started building, how many of you have been to Disney World? How many of you needed a loan after you left? They got the project finished, but Walt Disney died before it was completed. And they were getting ready to cut the ribbons. The media was there. All the elected politicians, everybody was there. And somebody made this statement, Pastor. They said, it's a shame that Walt didn't get to see this. Walt Disney's wife turned around with Mike Vance, one of his right-hand men, and they said, but you're wrong. He did see this, and this is why we are here. Walt Disney World began with a vision of a man. And now millions upon millions of people have went to that place because of the vision of a man. The power of the vision has changed our world. Pastor just about killed me here, but the year was 2001. Apple released also iTunes that year. Gas was $1.46 a gallon. How many of you wish that would happen again? Two of the most popular TV shows were Seventh Heaven and Touched by an Angel. Dale Earnhardt was killed in the last lap of the Daytona 500. California had rolling blackouts. There were actually riots in Cincinnati, and the mayor called for a special uh, curfew because there were riots and that's close to home and he's already said there was anthrax attacks and it caused fear all over the country and fear was there because of anthrax and then as he already said on September the 11th of 2001 the world started spinning out of control Al-Qaeda attacked a terrorist attack and brought down the Twin Towers in New York City it was a dark time it was one of the scariest times that we had known in history. But you know what? God had already spoken to a couple in southern West Virginia and give them a vision for this tri-state area. 
And you know what? For 21 years, we've been through a lot of stuff, but God sent you a leader of this house that had a vision, and you have maneuvered through this, all that's going on. And guess what? Here we are again. We're in a crazy world. We're in a crazy time. But God has given a vision to a couple by the name of Albert and Amanda Mitchum to lead us through this craziness just as they came through 9-11. Can I tell you, God has put in this house a shepherd to, with a vision to lead us through the craziness of 2022. Aren't you glad God has sent us somebody with a vision? Proverbs chapter 28 or 29 and verse 18 in the King James Version says this, Where there is no vision... The people perish. In the New King James, it says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints. Do you understand, if we don't have a vision that people all around the tri-state in Ohio and West Virginia and PA, they're going to die and go to hell. They're going to go to bed hungry. People are going to be lost. They're going to be sick and hungry. If we don't have a vision, people will perish. But thank God, God has put in this house a couple that have a vision in these last days to do what God has called us to do. You know, there are four categories you can put every church in America in. There are churches that have a limited vision. They only want to do things that benefit them. And it makes their life more comfortable and more happy. They will be happy to have a vision to get padded seats instead of hard pews. Something that benefits them, it's a limited vision. And then there are churches with a divided vision. They have different visions all over the house. And they're in opposition and conflict to each other. And this is causing division. And then there are churches, I'm sad to say, that we even have in the Church of God in West Virginia. They have no vision. They're not doing anything to reach people for God. They say, devil, if you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. They have no vision. But thank God, there are churches like Promise of Victory that have a united vision. They have heard from heaven they have united to reach their community and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Thank God for promise of victory, Church of God today. Amen. But it all begins with a vision. It began for the vision for Isaiah. Here in chapter 6, in the year King Uzziah died. That's very important. I'll talk about that in just a minute. He said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. King Uzziah had been a very popular king. A, a successful king was well-loved. It was a time of prosperity. It was a time that Israel enjoyed the blessings of the Lord, but he died. And he wasn't sitting on the throne. He was no longer there and there was apprehension. People were scared about the future. They didn't know what to do, but look what Isaiah, when he didn't know what to do, he made his way to the temple. When he didn't know what to do, he felt like, I've got to get to God's house. 
The king is dead. Everything that we know is gone. Everything is changed. I've got to get into the house of God. I've got to get in the presence of God. When everything around you seems crazy and out of control, can I tell you the thing you need to do is get in the presence of God because in a crazy world, in a world of chaos, it will speak peace to you when you get in the presence of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here today. Do you feel him today? Hallelujah. He headed to the temple and got in the presence of God. And it will change everything when you get in the presence of God. The first thing we must have is a vision of who he is and where he is. We must have a vision of who he is and where he is. Uzziah's dead. Everything is uncertain. They're not sure what's going to happen because the king wasn't sitting on the throne. But when Isaiah walked into the temple, he had a revelation of who he was and where he was. What did he say when he walked in the temple? He said, oh, my blessed Lord, Uzziah's dead, but I walked into the house of God and I saw the Lord. You know what my prayer is? When people come into church, they don't see David Jarvis. When they come in, they don't see the worship team. When they come into God's house, I want them to say, I saw the Lord. I didn't see a personality, but I saw the Lord God Jehovah. I saw him in all of his glory. It's not about people, it's about him. Can I tell you this morning, I want when we come into the house of the Lord that they see Jesus, they see Jesus in us, around us, and through us, and everywhere they look, they see the Son of God coming out. Oh, I know it's here at promise of victory, but oh, Isaiah said, the king's dead, but I don't know what to do, but I got in his presence, and I saw the Lord. And oh, can I tell you, if you have a vision of who he is and where he is, he said, He was sitting on the throne. The king was not on the throne, but the Lord was sitting on the throne. The world looked crazy to Isaiah. The king's not on the throne, but when he walked into God's house, he saw the Lord and the Lord was sitting on the throne. I've come by to tell you this morning in Weirton, West Virginia, it may be crazy what's going on in Washington, D.C., in, 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 in Charleston, in Columbus, in, is it Harrisburg, the capital of PA? It may be crazy everywhere around us, but if we get in his presence and have a vision of who he is and where he is, he is the Lord. He is high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Can I tell you, you may not have the one you voted for in the White House, but God is still on the throne. It doesn't matter who's in the White House because the Lord is still sitting on the throne. In a crazy world of COVID and division and pure craziness. trying not to go there but where we're from in Ohio they have put cat litter in the schools because people think they're cats can you imagine what my parents would have done to me if I said I was a cat you just stay right outside 
and we'll put a little milk out there for you. And you can come in when you decide that you want to be a person. Hello. Common sense is not so common anymore. Amen. When we got people that think they're cats, and we got cats we wish wouldn't empower, and it's crazy. My blessed Lord. You, you look around and think, this is, out, this is out of control. But you get in the presence of God and you realize he's still on the throne. Anybody here of former Governor Mario Como? During the pandemic, our governor in Oklahoma who's spirit-filled, he's a PK who I've got to have fellowship with him. He was actually at the Church of God camp meeting this year in, in, in Norman, Oklahoma. He called a prayer meeting for the state. He brought in worship leaders. He brought in pastors, and they televised it all across uh, the state. And Governor Como got on and says, we don't need God. We need science. Y'all remember that? How many of you believe he really needs God right now? And I told our governor, I said, he took a shot at you, but you're still the governor, and he's looking for a job, amen? Because my Bible tells me who he is, he's high and lifted up. Can I tell you, he's above all other gods. There's none like it. My Bible tells me that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what? Mario Como is going to get on his knee and he's going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't need you. You are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. If you get a vision of who he is and where he is, it will change your life. And can I tell you, when you see how great he is, you're not going to be worried about the devil. When you see him in all of his glory, the devil is not on the throne. Did you hear what I said? The devil is not on the throne. I'm here to tell you, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord and he was sitting on the throne. And nobody's knocked him off the throne. He's still on the throne. How many of you know God's not dead? He's still on the throne. Look at somebody and say, God's on the throne. How many of you believe the devil's not on the throne? I'm trying to be good and hurry here. This is a special day. I'm trying to behave myself. When you have a vision of who he is and where he is, then it causes you to have a vision of who you really are. When I see arrogant people prancing on the stage saying, look at me, I realize one thing, Pastor, they've not been in the presence of God. When I see preachers prancing around like they're God's gift and they're the only one, I know they've not been in the presence of God. Because when Isaiah had a vision of who he was and where he was, then he had a vision of who he really was. The Bible said when Isaiah saw him and the, the seraphims were going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the seraphims, they covered their face, they covered their feet because of the glory of the Lord. 
And you know what Isaiah said the first time he looked up and saw the glory of the Lord? He didn't say, hey, I'm Isaiah. You're lucky to have me. I'm one of your stars in the kingdom. The first thing he said was, whoa. Have you ever saw something and go, whoa. First thing he said was, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I'm undone. All of a sudden he realized when you get in the presence of God. And you get in the glory of God. You're not going to be boasting. You're going to be bowing. Did you hear what I said? When you get in the true presence of God. You're not going to be strutting like a rooster. You're going to be like an anteater. Your face down. Like this. Because when you get in the presence of God. You know what you compare to God in his presence? As a speck of dirt. In all of his glory. But aren't you glad he loves that speck of dirt? You mark it down. You see people strutting around like they're God's gift. They've not been in the presence of God. Because everywhere I see where people get in the true presence of God, they're on their face. They say, well, 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 Brother Jarvis, that's Old Testament. Well, let me bring you some New Testament. Paul was riding his high horse on the road to Damascus. He thought he was something else. His name was Saul. But he saw a great light in the presence of God was there. Guess where he was next? He was in the dirt. Oh, but he was a sinner. Well, let's go to John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like I was a dead man. When you get in the presence of God, you're not going to be boasting. You're going to be bowing. When you get in the glory of the Lord, you realize who you really are. I've pastored folks that think the church is blessed because they're there. How many of you know God don't need your money? How many of you know he was doing fine before you were born? How many of you know it all belongs to God? God doesn't need us, but aren't you glad God wants us? I don't understand why God would want us, but he wants us. He wants us. But when you get in the true presence of God, you realize who you really are. And what happened, the Bible tells us that one of the seraphims took a live coal from off the fire and went and with the tongs and, and touched his mouth and touched his lip. You know why there's been more damage done to, the, to this world in the kingdom of God through somebody's mouth and somebody's tongue There have been more people that have been hurt. There's more churches that have been hurt, not because of of some kind of outside influence uh, of the government, but because of somebody running their mouth. But when you get in the presence of God and you realize who you really are, you think, oh, I'm, I'm nothing in the presence of God. I can't look around and judge other people. I've got to get my own life straightened out. I've got to get my lips purged. How many of you know the word of God says the tongue is the most unruly member? And the, the, the angel touched it and he was purged. Can I tell you what God will do if you just cry out to him and get in his presence? You won't be boasting. You'll be bowing. You'll be saying, God, if there's anything in my life, will you cleanse me of it? And God can purge all of that in your life. 
just like he did in Isaiah. When we have a vision of who he is and where he is, we have a vision then of who we really are. And that brings us to this. The vision brings us to the mission. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go and whom can I send? When you have a vision, a vision of who he is and where he is and who you really are, then you have a vision of what he wants to do and then you got to get on mission. You don't start with a mission first and then have the vision. You got to start with a vision and then have the mission. He heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go and who can I send? I heard the voice of the one as they were saying, holy, holy, holy. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the, the house was filled with smoke. Who will go? I like this part. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And can I tell you in 2022, that voice of the Lord is still saying, who will go? Who can I send? Who from this area will go and do what I want them to do? Who will do and promise a victory? I still need people to go out and do this. I need people to commit. Who will do that? When you have a vision of who he is and where he is, that he's still sitting on the throne and he's above all other. And we don't have to worry about the devil because my Bible still tells me that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. My Bible still says on the gates of hell will never prevail against his church. You know why he's on the throne? The devil is not on the throne. And we realize who we are. We're nothing, but God wants to use you. We need to jump up and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'll do what nobody else wants to do. You know what you need to do? You need to tell the pastor you want to do what nobody else will do. After he picks himself up off the floor and he's checking his pulse, You'll realize God has called all of us. Did you know the Lord has not called you to slip in, slump down, and slip out? He didn't die for you to be a secret service Christian. Nobody knows who you are. You just, you look official. Nobody knows anything about you. And they don't want to, you cast off that. You don't want anybody to mess with you. That's not what Jesus died for. He died for you. You know why the Lord filled you with his Holy Spirit? And I know your pastors heard our general overseer say this. He didn't fill you for your enjoyment. He filled you for your employment. He didn't fill you for your enjoyment. He filled you for your employment. To them he gave power that they may be witnesses. The Bible says that the disciples turned the world upside down. Can you imagine what would happen if every church in West Virginia, Ohio, and PA would say, Lord, here am I, send me what would happen? How many of you believe we turned the world upside down? 
You say, I'm too old. And I tell you, when I left Oklahoma, I had two pastors in their 90s. Don't tell me you can't do anything for Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you're too young. He didn't fill us for our enjoyment. He filled us for our employment. I heard one little hillbilly say, I'm going to praise the Lord with everything I got. My mouth is going to come out, and I'm going to fight the devil with everything I've got. I'm going to bite the devil, and when I lose my teeth, I'm going to gum him to death. We must have a vision of who he is and where he is. If they would come to the instruments. What is our mission? After we have the vision, we've got the mission. The mission is Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He's still saying go. You know that 21 years ago, the Lord spoke to this couple. They heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go? Who will go to Follinsby, West Virginia? And a lot of folks said, no, we're not going. But aren't you glad that Albert and Amanda said, Lord, here I am. I'll go. And I know God gives the vision in, in bits and pieces. But I know God put it in your heart when you stepped on that stage in the old building of reaching people in this whole tri-state area. Can I tell you there's more Albert and Amanda Mitchum sitting here that God wants to do something in your life that's incredible. And you're going to say, well, I, you'll be like Moses making all kinds of excuses he says, Lord, I stutter. Now, how many of you believe it's probably not good to be a preacher if you've got a stuttering problem? But the Lord said, Moses, what you got in your hand? I just got this shepherd's staff. He said, throw it down. And it became a serpent. He said, pick it up again. And it became a staff. God used a stuttering shepherd on the backside of the desert with a shepherd's staff to shake the scepter out of a king's hand. Can you imagine what he can do with us? Have a vision of who he is and where he is. Then we have the vision of who we are. And then we can have the vision of what he wants us to do. God has called every one of you to do something for the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me this morning? I hope when you leave this place, you can say, I saw the Lord. Uh, there was some fat boy from southern West Virginia up there, but I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up in his glory-filled promise of victory. 
And I heard the voice of the Lord speaking. That's my prayer today. But it all comes down to this. It's not good to have a vision if you don't get on mission. You know what I'm so tired of? I'm so tired of preachers telling me a vision and ten years later they're still talking about the same thing and they've not done anything. How many of you believe the Lord's saying, go, get to it. Too much talk, not enough action. Amen. I know God has a perfect timing, but I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say, when the Lord gets ready, he's going to move. And God's saying, I wish somebody would move. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, I pray that every person in this place has a vision of who you are, that when they leave this sanctuary today, they say, I heard the voice of the Lord. I saw the glory of the Lord. And God, you have done something. You have touched my lips. You have touched my heart. And God, I feel cleansed and purged today from all the things I've allowed to creep into my life. You've forgiven me, and, and I'm clean, and I'm whole today. Lord, do it in every life. If you're here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior today, would you just slip up your hand and write back down while every head's bowed and every eye's closed? I need to know Jesus. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Is there one this morning? I need to know Jesus. I need to make things right with Jesus today. Is there one? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I want every one of us, I want every one of us to get on our knees if possible somewhere. As many get around here and I want us to cry out to the Lord and get in his presence and say, Lord, here am I. And I believe the Lord will give you a vision of what he wants you to do today. Would you find a place to pray today and say, Lord, here am I. I hear the voice of the Lord today say, who will go? Who can I send? Who will work for me today? Would you right now say, Lord, here am I. Would you give me a vision of who you are? and where you are. Let me have a vision of who I am and what you want me to do today. In the name of Jesus, as they sing this morning, would you call out to God and say, Lord, here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Would you do that as they sing this morning? Lord, use me. Use me today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.